morning, Victory Life Church. Boy, that is loud. And uh, we are working on it. It's great to see you today. I'm one of the pastors on staff. My name is Otto. Welcome to church. Welcome to those of you joining us online and welcome to those of you joining us in person. It's great to see you. If this is one of your first times joining us, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We just wanted to let you know that we would consider it an honor and a privilege to join you in learning Christ. Our mission as a church is to join the story, not as it, so that you can live the story and then tell that story to others. And so if you are interested in joining the story that God has for you at Victory Life Church, we invite you to check us out online at vlchurch.com. And there is a tab that says, are you people? And you click on that tab and fill out that form, and I will connect and communicate with you sometimes. Also, if you are relatively new to Victory Life Church and you want to make Victory Life Church a place where you're going to hang out for fun, we'd love to have you do that. Uh, we actually have a class for you called Growth Track. It's a way for you to get on track with the plan that God has for you to grow in your love and your faith, which is a way for you to learn about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be part of the church, and what it means to serve God. And so if you are interested in making a commitment to Victory Life Church, we invite you to join us for this Growth Track class. It's going to start in a couple of weeks on Wednesday, February 17th. Uh, here in the building, it's going to be in person. We take all the safety precautions necessary. We'll meet at room 307 at 7 p.m. on two evenings on Wednesday night. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can actually go to our main website, vlchurch.com. There will be a banner that's uh, showing there on our main page. You click on that banner, fill out that form, and register. And we would love to have you starting February 17th. Also want to remind you that we are continuing in our series entitled On the Rock. Pastor Matt talking about the importance and the authority of God's word in our lives. It's been increasing. So we've created a web page for you with a lot of resources. That also is on our main website and it should look like the banner that you're seeing right now uh, that is entitled the On the Rock resource. We've got a lot of things there for you, a Bible study guide, uh, videos that you can read that explain how to study God's word deeper. Also, our Right Now Bible Study that has more than 20,000 discipleship videos and training resources. We also have the On the Rock channel that you can use when you want to do that. So click on that link, go to Right Now Media, check those things out. Also, another resource that we have for you as you're trying to live the story that God has for you um, is a sermon discussion guide. It's something that we've been uh, creating for the last several months, and it's something that you can use whether you're at home with your family or friends or here in person later on today with your family or later on this week with your family and friends, you can use this as a tool to talk about the sermon that was gathered on Sunday morning. We know that God's Word is not return void, and so if Pastor Matt or whoever teaches God's Word on Sunday morning, that there are a lot of things happening in the heart, mind, and soul of individuals. And so we give you this tool, this discussion guide, to use so you can continue on with what God is doing in your heart and mind. Uh, you can talk about it with your family. So it's a really easy thing to just go to on our website. Uh, you go to vlchurch.com backslash grow, and that's where the discussion guide is. Uh, please click on that. If you have come this morning to give to Victory Life Church, thank you so much. Uh, you can text to give or text the message to VLC number 8-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-
hurt each other. We've hurt ourselves. And our connection to God was severed. But again, in his perfect love, he chose to send his son, Jesus, to bear the cross for you and me. And on that cross, he took our sin. He took our stain.
life, there's so many things that we speak, so many things that we declare over ourselves, so many things that we talk about, things we post, things that we like, things that we share, but nothing that we have done this week is greater than what we've declared in the last few minutes. Nothing we've said, nothing we've done, nothing we've liked, nothing we've shared, nothing we've posted compares with speaking God's word back to him and allowing the power that is in the word of God to envelop our hearts and our souls and our lives. Nothing even close. And I know y'all came in here with something different. Some mountain that's different. Some fear, some regret, some guilt, some anxiety, some depression, some worry, some relational strife, some financial burden. Something that seems like, will it ever get better? Will God ever help me? Will I ever be free? I want to tell you today the promises of God are yea and amen that he is powerful and when we engage him on his terms, not our own when we engage him on his terms he proves to be exactly who he says he is we as the people of God need to declare who he is that he's greater than any mountain that we face today loves us more than any father, mother, sister, brother ever could. And his will and intention for us is good and right and pure. Let's just sing that quietly one more time unto the Lord. Father God, may we continue to come into this place seeking your spirit. May cold, dead religion never be what we desire. Instead, Lord, may we come to this place to declare your truth over us and allow your Holy Spirit to make that truth come alive in our hearts. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that in your presence is services, just the kind of different ways the Lord works in our midst. And, uh, you know, first service, we ended up going back into that and rocking out for about another 10 minutes or something. At least it felt that way. But sometimes it's that quiet voice of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? That he's just impacted our hearts and he's, he's, he's driven the point home and we just need to accept that. Just allow that to come into our hearts and our lives. Really glad you're here at Victory Life this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. We're glad if you're watching online. So glad of that. We've been in this series called On the Rock, really talking about setting our life life on the rock through engaging with the Word of God. And of course, we're going to do that again this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn in them to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 11, 12, and 13 this morning. I did wake up and look out my window this morning, and I think to myself at this time of year often, Bears really know what they're doing. Not the Chicago bears, but the animal bears. Because bears do something incredible. They eat and eat and eat in the fall. They go to sleep. They wake up. It's spring. I think it's smart. 
you know, I, I get these cold days where I don't want to get out of the warm cocoon of wonderfulness that is my bed, and I just want to sleep all day, and it's dark, and it's cold, and I think bears, bears are smart. Bears are smart. They know you need rest. Just fatten up in November, go to sleep till spring. I'll tell you what, one of my favorite stories from growing up was the story of Rip Van Winkle. How many of you know the story of Rip Van Winkle? All right, all 12 of you, that's great. we got to get into our American history book, right, for our American tales, if you will. Rip Van Winkle was the man who went up into the Catskill Mountains in the 1700s and woke up in the 1800s and heard all about the new union that had been formed in the United States of America from the colonies. You know, after 2020, I sort of, sort of wonder what would happen if we had Rip Van Winkle the last year. You know, like, what if you went to sleep in February of last year and then just woke up right now? You know what you'd be doing. Somebody would be describing you the events of the last year. You'd be like, no way. You're kidding me. That happened? No. You're pulling my leg. No. You're crazy. You know, I had an experience like this. Most of you know my mom got real sick with COVID. She was on a vent. Praise the Lord, she's recovering today. But, but she was on a vent for a week. And when she woke up, I had to describe the events at the Capitol to her. And I watched it in real time in just a week. No, you're kidding. No way. It can't be. We have been, as a culture, through so much right now, haven't we? We've, we've got a lot going on in the last year. And I, I don't want to compare our time to other times. I'm not trying to say this is the worst time in human history or anything. But I will say it's a very agitated time, is it not? People are stirred up. It's very agitated. People are really agitated. People are really, really stirred up. It's different than worrying about if Attila the Hun or Genghis Khan are going to come kill us, all right? I'd much rather live in this time than that. But, but I will say that this is a stirred up and an agitated time. It's the opposite of rest. It's the opposite of peace. But there's a concept in the scriptures that starts way back in Genesis chapter 1 works its way through the scriptures into the Gospels, and then, of course, works, away, works its way out in the end of the scriptures at Revelation called rest, called rest, that God wants to bring rest to us, not, not just a rest of Rip Van Winkle and the Bears, but a rest from the agitation and the tumult of this world. Anybody feeling, you don't have to raise your hand, anybody feeling a little tumult in your life today? A little agitated, a little bit stirred up, a lot going on? God wants to bring rest to our souls, and he has since the beginning of humankind. It's why he instituted the Sabbath, that we might stop from our labors and have a day where we just detach and unwind. My day's Friday. I turn off my phone, and then people get agitated that my phone's off. But I, I turn it off anyhow, right? Because we need to, to decompress and get things reordered and get things to a place where we're not overwhelmed all the time. Well, today we're going to talk from a passage of Scripture about a way to enter that rest that God has for us. A way to stop being so agitated. A way to stop being so upset all the time. God has a big R rest for us, and that big R rest is, of course, eternity in heaven with Him. But He's got a, a, another big R rest, and that's rest for our souls in this life as well. And we're going to find that the Word of God has a lot to do with that rest. Let's read Hebrews chapter 4, chapter 11 through 13, or verses 11 through 13, just in case you'd like to stop being so agitated. Verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So, there's a context here for one of the most famous passages of Scripture. How many of you have heard Hebrews 4.12 before, for the Word of God is living and active? You've heard that. You've been taught that. You've looked at that. But the context is really, really important. The context is rest. The writer of Hebrews says that he's concerned that people are going to miss one of the great big promises of God, which is rest for the soul. He begins to lay out his argument in chapter 3, and I'm just going to read you chapter 3, verse 12, for just a moment to sort of say what he's trying to get at. He says, Take care, brothers, lest there in any of you be an evil and unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. He's concerned about this, that we as God's people can experience God without entering his promises. 
We can know that God's the deliverer. We can know that God's good. We can know that God has good intentions for us. We can know that God has good things for us. But we can miss cashing in, if you will, on all the promises that God has for us. And this promise of rest is one of them. He's concerned that that might happen. And so what he does is he goes back in the early parts of chapter 4 and he explains about the people of God from the book of Exodus. Remember, the book of Exodus describes the story of God miraculously delivering the Hebrew slaves from Egypt and then parting the Red Sea that they might go through on dry land. So the people of Israel, they had seen one of the greatest miracles of deliverance in the history of the world, probably the greatest up until that point, the greatest miracle in the history of the world. They get out into the wilderness and what do they do? They rebel against God. At Marathon, the song. They rebel against God. They're like, oh, God doesn't like us. We're going to do things our own way now. So they'd experienced all the goodness of God, and then they decided we're going to do things our own way. And what was was the problem for them? What did they not get to do? Those who rebelled didn't get to enter the promised land. They didn't get to enter the rest from that agitation. See, they'd been delivered from slavery, but they never got to get all the way into everything that God had for them. Yes, they've been delivered, but they ended up wandering and wandering and wandering. And he's praying that there's folks in the church today, folks who are listening to this sermon right now, that are committing themselves to a lifetime of wandering, but they're not committing themselves to enjoying the promises of God. They know God's good. They know God's real. They know he can do good things for them, and they know that he wants what's best for them, but they're going to go the other direction. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is so worried about. So he takes us then into verse 12. This is the context for which we look at the word of God as super, mega, uber important. Then he says, for the word of God is living and active. He says, this is the decoder pin, if you will, for figuring out how we enter all the promises of God. Remember that little horrible boy from a Christmas story and his little orphan Annie decoder pin, gotta eat your oval, drink your oval team, Right? This is the decoder pin, how to get into the promise, but something so much greater than Ovaltine, the rest that God wants to give to our souls. So the writer says, the word of God is living and active. Now, the word of God can take on some different meanings in Scripture. In the early part of John, Jesus is called the word of God. And, of course, we open the series with talking about the fact that the word of God can speak into our hearts even today. God can speak into us words that we need to hear. But in this particular context, we are talking about the scriptures. If you go back to verse 4-4 of Hebrews, he says the word of God, and then he quotes the scripture. In 5-12, he calls the living word word of God again uh, something that we need to be part of. And then he goes on to explain the scriptures rather than the elementary teachings that they got when they first became Christian. So we're talking about specifically the Bible, the word of God here in chapter 4, verse 12. And so he says, if God spoke it, it's living. It doesn't die off. Human beings don't get to delete the word of God like an old voicemail. It's still living. It's God-breathed. It's inspired, as we learned two weeks ago. It's still real. It's still, it's still going. It doesn't stop living. It still has life in it. And not only does it have life, but it's active. The Greek word for this here is energos, where we get our word energy. So the word of God has energy. Now, I, I was not good at science. It just wasn't my thing. I didn't like studying about rocks and clouds and weather patterns. But I do remember that if you have energy, you have the potential for movement. If you have energy, you have the potential for movement. And the writer of Hebrews is saying the word of God is living and it has energy. And it's going to move you one direction or the other. And the overall point is it's going to move you towards rest or it's going to move you towards something else. God says as much in Isaiah chapter 55 where he says, I'm going to send out my word. And it is going to accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. I ain't messing around. My word is living and it's full of energy. The only question is what human beings are going to do with it. Are we going to enter what God has for us? Or are we going to ignore what God has for us? So in describing the word of God as the fulcrum upon which this rest is, is offered to us, he begins to describe in three triplets the inner person. What does he say here? Look down in your Bibles at, uh, at, at verse 12 here. He says, dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Three different triplets right here. Now, some would ask me, Pastor Matt, will you break down all six of those terms to explain exactly how they work? And the answer is no. 
I won't do that on a couple of levels. Number one, I'm not going to do that because there's a lot more about soul and spirit and the difference in some of the Pauline letters. Secondly, this writer is writing to the Hebrews. He's a very Jewish writer. And in the Jewish scriptures, when you get into words like nefesh and ruach and the word for heart, there's a lot of interchangeability. There's a lot of, there's a lot of this is your inner person and your inner person is made up of all of these things. But in the Jewish con- concept, the body is not escaping who you are. The body is part of who you are. So when the Bible says joint marrow, we're talking Bible, we're talking spirit, we're talking soul, we're talking heart. We're talking all of what makes up you. Now, sometimes we divorce the body from what our soul and spirit is all about, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. Our bodies do a lot of talking to us, don't they? Yesterday, I was laying a floor in my upstairs bathroom, crawling around all day and ripping out old laminate and then laying in the new floor. My body is speaking to me today. It's part of my inner life. There's a blaring sign in my heart sent by my body saying, Tylenol, Tylenol, Tylenol. Our bodies have a lot to do with what we think. Our hearts have a lot to do with what we think. Our soul has a lot to do with what we think. Our spirit has a lot to do with what we think. And what the writer's trying to get across to us, and this is the third reason, I'm not going to try to explain them all perfectly, is because when the writer speaks in triplets, he's just trying to cover everything. He's not trying to explain it all. He's trying to cover all of what our inner person is made up of. And the writer is saying, the word of God is that which discerns and separates and orders and winnows and sifts and illuminates this big ball of human that you are. Now, when I think of big ball of human and all the different parts of us, I think about this stuff right here. This is some of my favorite stuff on the planet because it entertains my children for hours and allows me to play video games while they're entertained. I'm not going to say exactly what this is. I don't know with our streaming rights if we can, but you know what this is. This is perfect out-of-the-can gloriousness. Right? It looks great when it's like this, doesn't it? Doesn't this just bring peace and rest to your soul just like this? Oh, I'm just enjoying looking at it. But there's something that happens the minute these come out of the can at my house. In fact, the perpetrators are misbehaving in row five right now. So we're going to do a little Bob Ross here. We're going to take a little titanium white, right? A little bit of phalo blue. And what's he call the red? We'll just call this crimson. And what inevitably happens with this beautiful ordered thing is, is my little wonderful people take it and do something that is going to ruin your day. They go like this. I know. I can't even look. It's horrible, isn't it? These perfect, ordered, beautiful, white, red, and blue. And this is not this is not a commentary on our nation. They're beautiful. I just didn't know what Bob Ross calls yellow. So these beautiful things here just get mashed and mingled. And let me ask you a question after I just ruined your day. I'm so sorry for ruining your day in church by doing this. If I were to give any of you the sharpest scalpel on earth that gave you three hours, do you think you could get this into its perfect colors once again? Six, 
is just a lot of mess going on. And as I mentioned earlier today, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that this is the worst time in human history. Because, like I said, I, 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 we don't have Genghis Khan breathing down our neck. Or, you know, I mean, we just had a pandemic and we were mad that we couldn't get toilet paper and uh, not food. Right? I'm not going to go out on a limb, but I will say this. We do live in an era in which we're taking more into this inner person than we ever have before. The advent of television, for instance, has brought more into our lives than ever before. This was the issue 30 years ago. Parents who were Christian were thinking, what do we do? That's where you belong. What do we do? What do we do to, like, deal with the fact that all of a sudden, all this new sensory information is coming into our, our, our home? People were dealing with this, right? 30 years ago. Now we don't even think about it. I remember being a child 30 years ago, and we'd be watching a sitcom or a television show, okay? And my parents were dealing with this issue. And maybe on this television show, all of a sudden, you'd see two folks who weren't married in the same bed. Now, we wouldn't have watched if they were unclothed. That would have been weird. But there may be folks who were just laying there, and every single time, AJ can attest to this, my mother would get up from the couch, stand in front of the tube TV like this, and she would say, this is not God's design. This is not God's plan. These people were meant to commit to one another before they were to, meant to commit to each other physically. They were meant to say, I will take care of you the rest of my life before we engage in this. And we go, we know, Mom! And then she'd go sit down. That was like 25 and 30 years ago. What has been added in the last 10 to 15 years to even bring more sensory information to us that we can't divide and discern anymore? We can't order it. Did you know? I mean, you do know this. Could you imagine 15, if I would have looked at you 15 years ago and said, there will be a professional thing, a profession by which you can make your living called being an influencer. You would have said, a what? And I would have said, an influencer, your job is to get online in a various platform and get enough followers that, 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 that you influence, that you can monetize it and make money and live that way. You would have said that will never happen. Yet that's happened. Now, am I mocking all influencers? No, I'm not mocking the idea. I'm just wondering what we're being influenced by. I mean, there are folks right now that, that right now are going... And they are taking in all of the thoughts and actions of other people. FOMO. They had the fear of missing out. And they need to know what everybody did last night. And what everybody was up to. And what the people that they think are cool are doing right now. Because if they don't know that today, life will end. And every time we do that... Now, I'm not going to be old, weird pastor who says social media is evil. No, social media is fire. It's great. We tweeted this week. We sent out Instagrams. It's great for communication. I'm not saying social media in and of itself is evil. That would be stupid. It's a great tool. But fire, when not used properly, can burn and destroy. Right? And, and if our influence is only what other people think and what other people are doing and what the people we think are cool are doing and what we think is, is awesome, our soul and our spirit and our joint and our marrow and our thoughts and our intentions are getting less and less discernible. We're becoming a muddled mess. That's why the Word of God is so important. That's why it's so important that it is sharp and can discern and order our lives once more. Now, all of you boomers and all of you Gen Xers are like preaching Pastor Matt. You hit them on the influencers and social media, right? I'm going to introduce one more before I move on. 24-hour cable news cycle, which you are addicted to. They don't have your best interest at heart. They're just doing this to you. More thoughts. What do you care what's going on in New Mexico? You live in Ohio. So I, I don't know if there's anything going on in Mexico. I'm just saying, more information, more information, more information, 
more to get agitated about, more to get worried about, more to fear, more to be concerned about. Muddled, muddled, muddled. And I'll be real honest with you, my dear Gen Xers and boomers. Some of you are more muddled than some of our teenagers right now. Somebody chuckled, everybody else stayed silent. But it's true. You would love to condemn those who spend way too much time reading the thoughts, opinions, and actions of others. But that's all that you're doing just for an older audience. And they're trying to make you agitated because you'll keep clicking and clicking watching and get agitated. God has a different plan for you. He wants you to enter his rest. A rest that is discerning and ordered and, 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 and ready to deal with life as it, as it really is. He wants you to have a life that's full of rest by his word. Now the question is, are you going to be moving towards that rest? Or are you just going to continue to engage in falling away? That's the question. Are you going to engage in the joys of the Lord that are forevermore? Or are you going to be content to fall further and further away from the living God by ignoring the word of God? One more verse here. And I, if I were a mean pastor, I would ignore it. What I mean by that is I'd ignore it because I don't want to preach it. But I don't want to be mean. I want to preach the entire counsel of God, the entire context of this word. So I think we need to read verse 13 as the writer of Hebrews closes out this section of the scripture and moves on to something new. The apostle says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, verse 13, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. The word of God is the fulcrum by which he is going to look at us and say, what did you do with my promises? What did you do with what I told you? I'll give you a problem that we're experiencing in 21st century Christianity. And maybe I'll just say in our country, I don't want to be able to try to speak for other nations. But, but the problem that we're experiencing right now it is that we believe that Jesus died on the cross and his grace is so sufficient that that means we'll just do things our own way from there. And we believe that way because we ignore the word of God. But as we ignore the word of God, we're moving further and further away from the promises that he has for us. Moving further and further away from joy. Moving further and further away from peace further and further away from rest. And the writer of Hebrews wants to remind us that in this life we can move away from all the good things of God, but there will come a day when we stand before our Creator. There is a point out a man wants to die and then the judgment. But there will be a time that you stand before the one who gave you breath, and the question will be, what did you do with what I told you? What did you do with it? What did you do with it? Did you ignore it? And thereby live this life? Or did you allow that word to order your life the way I deemed for you before you were born? Is your soul longing for him? Does your spirit hunger and thirst after righteousness? Is your body his temple? Are you taking every thought captive that sets itself up against the knowledge of God? And what are you planning? What intentions are in your heart today? What's the grand plan? The one that's ultimately going to make you happy. You know, the one that you've been planning. You say, are you talking to me, Pastor Matt? Yes, every one of you. What's the grand plan right now? one that will ultimately bring you the joy, the peace, and the happiness that you've been looking for. What's the plan? What is it? God is saying, let me order and bring rest to your soul through my word. Because you are nothing but the muddled American hearts. And I want to bring sense to it, order to it, peace to it, joy to it. And on the day that I see you face to face, there'll be nothing but because it will be the full realization of what you'd already tasted on earth. It'll be the full thing that you were already living, just even better. 
some of you today, you think, Pastor Matt, that message is too simplistic. Life's too complicated. Too much going on in my life, Pastor Matt, for you to just say, read the Bible and see the difference. What will happen if you allow the Bible even to become one of those voices that you listen to? Even one of those influencers? Let's say, let's say for even 10 minutes a day, you gave the Bible a little bit of time and you could spend the other four hours that you spend on technology doing something else. I promise God would begin to work in that 10 minutes because his word does not return void. Because his word is alive and is energized. I promise that would happen. You say, is that what you'd like us to do? 10 minutes in the Bible, four hours on social media? No. It's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that God has power and he has strength and he wants to bring you to a new place. And he does it through his word. But we allow it to order our lives. And you know where he'd start? He'd start with you. He wouldn't start with your kids. He wouldn't start with your parents. He wouldn't start with your friends. He'd read his word and start with you. He'd say, what are you going to do with what I'm speaking? some level agitated, stirred up. Only you know our hearts. Only you can discern our thoughts. Only you have the power to bring order from chaos. God, I pray for those who the enemy is warring against today. One's being convinced that the Bible is boring and outdated. God, I pray right now that you would speak to them and say, try me in this. Try me in this. Try me in this. Try me in this. See if my word will return to me. God, it's, 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 it's possible to be so much time, God, muddying the waters of our heart. God, I pray that we as a people would get back to your word to allow it to bring life and hope and joy and peace. For Lord, when we do that, when we see your power and your strength and your ability and your love, we'll stop so much about what the world's going to do to us and begin to put our eyes on what you're going to do in this world. Lord Jesus, help us to see that all your promises are yay and amen. And that God, we can trust you to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine in the lives of Christians whose inner person is ordered by you. If that's you today, maybe you're in that first camp, you'd say, Pastor Matt, I'm a little bit cynical about this. I like your sermons. I like church. But I, I am scared if I open the Bible, what's going to happen? And so I've been avoiding it. But I, I know I need to. I need to get back to that. I just, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer to the Lord. Say, God, speak to me through your word. Begin to unravel what's going on in my life. And for those of you who know where you stand today, you know there's been so much that your life has been about. 
the Word of God to have so little influence on bringing order to it. And you know you got to get back. You need to bring that prayer to Him. So for just a moment, bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray your prayer to God today. Make your commitment to the Lord. Jesus, bring every one of us into the rest that you promised. We pray these things in your great and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand today? It's been good to be in church. Yeah. May it always be said of us that we sought after the promise of Jesus, that where two or three or more are gathered in his name, there he was in the midst of them. Well, I'm going to invite you and encourage you to take advantage of the 9 million Bible study tools that we've made available to you in the last four weeks. If you're still confused as to what those are, go back, watch the stream from earlier, and uh, Pastor Otto will talk about them once more. But if you hit the website, so many great tools. We would love for you to take advantage of those. If you're studying the Bible and you really are doing it for the first time, we have some great videos that are coming out each week that are on our website. There's a really handsome Norwegian man who led off with the first two. His name is Matt Skivstad. And uh, really easy to watch. And uh, we'd love for you to look at those. The Bible study tools, Right Now Media, get into a life group. It's not too late. But let's see if the Word of God will do what the Word of God says it will do. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this place. We pray now that you dismiss us with your great blessing. Send us from this place testing, seeing, and eventually knowing all of your good intentions for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. They'll dismiss you by rose. That was cute, Nathan. Thank you.